I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, this is Ibby Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. I'm also the host of Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight, and I'm the editor of the anthology, which you should run out and buy, called Moms Don't Have Time to, a quarantine anthology. All proceeds of that book go to COVID-19 vaccine research. And I'm the editor-in-chief of Moms Don't Have Time to Write, a new publication on Medium, and we're accepting submissions, so please send your personal essays there. And if all that isn't enough, you can follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens, and my website is zibbyowens.com. Okay, now back to this amazing podcast. I am obsessed with slumberkins. They're these collections of stuffed animals and loveys that come with books. And they're so much more than that. Slumberkins were developed by a therapist and an educator using research-based techniques to help teach children how to understand and support their feelings. So these are almost emotional intelligence teaching animals. My kids are just obsessed. I mean, they fight over all of these things so much. And each one comes with a book. And in the book, you do things like recite your feelings and uh, learn about different emotions. There's the caring crew of animals, the confidence crew. There's the resilience crew. It's really amazing. They have great gifts for newborn parents. And they're giving my listeners and followers Zibby 10, 10% off your first purchase. The code is Zibby 10. So go to slumberkins.com check it out. Your kids will love them. And you will love the fact that they help the kids fall asleep better. They create an activity that you can do with your kids, reading, reciting. They even have like digital books that you can do as activities with your kids. I am just such a huge fan of this brand and what it does for families and how it will help kids and also the fun that it brings into the household. So go to Slumbercans, code Zibby10 will get you 10% off your first purchase. Enjoy! Jessica Bruder is the author of Nomadland, Surviving America in the 21st Century. For her book, 
she spent months living in a camper van documenting itinerant Americans who gave up traditional housing and hit the road full-time, enabling them to travel from job to job and carve out a place for themselves in a precarious economy. The project spanned three years and more than 15,000 miles of driving from coast to coast and from Mexico to the Canadian border. Nomadland was recently adapted into a Golden Globe-winning film starring Frances McDormand. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Thank you for having me, Zippy. It's good to be here. Congratulations on all the success of Nomadland, the movie coming out to such acclaim, the fact that you wrote it, the whole you know accomplishment of it in and of itself is amazing. It's a fantastic book, as you well know. So much research, so much time. Do you ever want to drive again after this whole experience, or are you ready to take yes. off on the road? Yes. <laughs> Well, after quarantine, you better believe it. Oh my, my my camper van named Halen is currently stranded in my friend's backyard in Reno. I hear it's been savaged by field mice there, but I can't wait to spend a day with a shop back getting it ready to get out on the road again. Oh my so. gosh. So what was it like at the beginning? I know you started this off just as a, a smaller piece when you were investigating this subculture of nomadic Americans essentially adapting to today's times. When did you know you had something just really big on your hands? Like, what was it like? How did you get immersed in the culture? Tell me like the story of how it became the book it is today. Yeah. So it started out with a girl in a tent and a rental car. There was no camper van. I was doing a story for Harper's Magazine and they had offered to put me up in a hotel for two nights in this town, Quartzsite, Arizona, which figures heavily in the book and the movie. And I figured, you know, I'm not going to get anything in two nights. This isn't the kind of story you can parachute into and then just do, you know, it's not a quick hit. So I borrowed a tent and I stayed out in the desert for a couple weeks and just talked to people. I was, gosh, I was near some people who were living in a school bus. I ended up getting taken by somebody else I met to an event called the Rubber Tramp Rendezvous where van dwellers were doing all sorts of sales shares and the world really opened up. So when it came out in Harper's, it was exciting. It was the first time I'd written for them and it was on the cover. And I felt like I'd barely scratched the surface. I had so many more questions and I was not remotely tired of the reporting. So I was thrilled when I had the chance to make it into a book and get back out there this time in a van, following up on some of these stories that I felt like I'd only just started to understand. Where did you end up on how Amazon treats employees? I'm just curious. There was like a huge article in the paper, I think yesterday in the New York Times about regulation on how Amazon treats employees and everything. And after all of the camp allusions to it, where do, where did you fall on that spectrum? Yeah, I mean, the big picture here, which more people need to talk about, I think, is that we have a horrible problem with monopolies in the US. We have antitrust laws that have not kept up with the times that have not been enforced. We have a national labor relations board that's been weakened and OSHA, there's no oversight right now. And we've created the system where it's winner take all and companies can do whatever they want. So people seem constantly surprised that that doesn't always lead to the best labor conditions, but I really think we need to look at this from the top if we wanna get anything done. So, so yeah, I mean, everybody, I was in there doing Camper Force. I actually did a short film that Laura Poitras, and it's tough. And I'm glad that people are paying more attention to it now, even though the Union Drive in Alabama didn't make it. Wow. And how was it going back and assembling all this research? I mean, all the time you spent on the road, all the amazing characters who you really painted so fully, like you, like completely realistic. I mean, I mean, I know they were based on real people. I'm sorry, I keep like mincing my 
stuttering on my words today. I don't know what my problem is. Anyway, tell me about the writing process itself of this book. How did you take so much time and data and experience and people and then convert it into like a highly readable, engrossing work? Oh my God. Well, it was completely crazy making is what I'll start with admitting. I call my writing process building a sandcastle with tweezers. I don't think it's really the best way to write, but it's how I do it. I'm slow and meticulous and, you know, some people shovel and then go back to sculpt it later. I I tweeze. So for me, it was all about deciding that I wanted to follow this one woman, Linda May. And then that would be the backbone of the story and everything else would kind of be like the ribs coming off of it. So for me, she was the guide. And then I could take side trips with other characters. I could put in a bit of my own undercover and investigative reporting. But hopefully the reader could hang on to the ride because they had one person they were following all the way through. So that was how I tried to do it, at least. And then did you feel this sense of, I don't know, coming full circle when Linda May was actually in the movie then as well? Like, what is her life like now? Yeah, Linda's doing great. Yeah, I last I last saw her at the premiere in Los Angeles. It was surreal. I was outside at the Rose Bowl with ash falling from the sky. Oh my gosh. And she's doing great. She's really excited by the success of the movie. We still talk all the time. And I'm glad that she feels good about it too, because seeing her on screen and getting her story heard and feeling validated, I mean, that, that's been incredibly moving for me too as a writer. So how do you think more people can shift from this like homeless to houseless dichotomy that you discuss in the book, right? Like the people here, it's completely intentional, right? They have made the choice to be in their vans or the you know, wherever they're, they've chosen to live. And yet the problem of homelessness is so pervasive. I feel like it's a difference of perspective in some part, but there's also this community behind the people who are living this camper lifestyle. Tell me a little more about that. Yeah. I mean, some, a lot of people I met on the road while they'd chosen to be there had also found that they couldn't stay in traditional housing because of so many economic and social forces, whether it's flat wages and rising rents or the failure of retirement finance. So it's a pretty complex and nuanced situation. In terms of the word homeless, it has become such a dirty word in American society. I remember reading a newspaper story not long ago, and there was a picture, and it said, homeless man looks at shirt or whatever it was. And I was thinking, this is a person with a name. So one of my great hopes for the movie and for the book is that when people have been inside a different experience, that when they look at people, they'll, they'll wonder what those people have to say in terms of what their story is rather than just trying to kind of slot them in this American caste system. So for me, that's that's what I hope comes out of it. Does that make sense? Of course it does. No, I mean, that seems to be the such an overarching theme of, of trying to figure out who people really are, asking questions, not taking things at face value, no matter what the situation is, right? Everybody has, everybody has like books worth of stories inside them. And just because somebody is in dire straits, I mean, those stories are probably much more interesting anyway. I mean, I don't know. I feel like there's, you know, this American shorthand of how we judge everybody and it's without asking the right questions. It's hard to get to the bottom of it. Yeah. I mean, I I love the writer Rebecca Solnit and she likes to say it's our job to make things more complicated rather than less. And I I really like that idea about what writers and writing can do, That, that it might actually be our jobs to kind of honor the complexity out there in the world rather than try to just reduce it. So I'm into that. Yeah. (laughs) And what have you been working on since? 
I've been working on a magazine story and some pitches and teaching. And I, I can't really talk about the specifics right now because they're not out in the world. And because I work in nonfiction, that means the things I'm writing about are out there all the time and available to everybody. So I'm going to just keep it a little quiet. Okay. But thank you for asking. No problem. Thank you for not answering. <laughs> <laughs> Did you always want to do this with your life? Did you set out to be a reporter, journalist, novel, you know, author? Is this what you wanted when you were little? I've always loved writing, but I don't think I knew I would want to do it this way. The way journalism lets you go out and be a constant learner and explore the world, for me, is incredibly exciting. And writing is something I've always loved to do. So for me, it's a really good match, but I didn't see it coming. I think it wasn't until after college when I had some friends who were journalists and saw what they were up to that I really became intrigued with that. So what would you say, what advice would you give to aspiring journalists? Like if you could go back to telling yourself something back in the college days. Oh, yeah. Get, get, get out there and keep pushing. Get out there, get curious. Ask yourself what it is that makes you curious about certain things because you want to be writing the kind of stuff you'd want to read. And if you can get a sense for your own, again, what draws you to certain subjects in the world and where they might resonate with other people, I think you'll have a good radar for going after stories. That's true. It's always it's always a good thing to write what you want to read. <laughs> Otherwise, how will you even know if it's good? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? You don't want to read it. Yeah, anyway. right. Exactly. And editing it was horrible yeah. because you'll have to read. Yeah, it. I so, hate. Yeah. I don't want to read this thriller. Why did I write it? No. <laughs> Who wrote this? Who wrote this? Oh, oh no. <laughs> Well, do you miss the characters you met along the way? Like, do you, do you ever long for that lifestyle yourself? Okay. Do I miss them? Yeah. But I also talk to them all the time, okay. which is kind of, and you know, everybody's on Facebook. I think that's why I've still kept my Facebook profile just because I talk to them that way. And do I miss it? I like dipping in and out of it very much. And I'm grateful that I get to do that. So I'm happy to be home. You can't see it, but I've got more plants than you can shake a leafy stick at. I've got a dog. So, I, I, you know, I'm kind of nested in here, but I love being out on the road. I love just getting behind the wheel of the van and seeing places and people that, you know, as somebody who grew up in the Northeast still feel fresh and new to me. So, so yeah, a little bit of both is what I like. Awesome. Amazing. Well, thank you, Jessica. Thanks for coming on Moms Don't Have to Read Books for this short chat about your book and the movie and everything else. So thank you. Thanks for having me, Zoom. Okay. Thank you, Slumberkins, for sponsoring today's episode. Again, use code Zibby10 to get 10% off your first purchase. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.